Welcome listeners to episode 34 of the Running Guide podcast, where our aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes and health professionals from around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to an Aussie runner out of Yass in rural New South Wales, who's been consistently fast on the road and track for well over a decade now, and he's still finding there's plenty left in the legs with a recent PB. Looking forward to hearing the story behind this journey. Welcome to the Running Guide podcast, Josh Johnson. How you going, mate? Oh, doing quite well, thanks. Fantastic. No, great to have you on the show. How's your running no, going uh, at the moment? Well, my running's been going uh, pretty all uh, pretty okay. I've been uh, having a pretty consistent year of training. Yep. A couple of little niggles coming up, but I've been seeming to be on top of them. So hopefully look forward to doing the, the national 5,000 metres or the 1,500 nationals, which is in about six weeks. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. And you mentioned you're up at Perishard, a bit of altitude training up there. Yeah, we um we tend to spend a fair bit of time up in Perishard over the summer, so... Yep. Uh, my group usually comes up here for most of January and uh, we pretty much uh, head back early Feb and we try and get up here when possible. So even if we have some uh, weekend stints, we'll come up if there's a long weekend or around Easter usually and just try and maximise our amount of time to altitude exposure. Yeah, sure. Who's that group with? Uh, we're with uh, Dick Telford's group. So it's okay. a running group out of Canberra. Phil has probably finished up there, has he? And then... You know, well, yeah, Philo comes well. up here a bit as well. Like I've, yep. uh, I've come up to Perisher for a lot of years. Like I enjoy my time up here. Yeah, I've been to Falls Creek a lot, and I, uh, I think my first time up at Perisher was with Philo's group. So I've been coming yep. up here for well over about fifteen years. So yeah, it's it's been it's been a good time. It's it's really good to be up here, and yeah, it's a pretty good running. It's a good spot yeah. to be. How does how does Perisher compare to uh to Falls? Yeah, it's always a bit of a sticky question. I think mm-hmm. uh, it, it's always going to be a bit horses for courses. I know that Falls Creek is kind of the Australian altitude running mecca, mm-hmm. but uh, I always find that from Canberra, it's really easy just to drive down the highway. Like it takes me not too long over two hours, but don't tell the police that. And uh, I get up here pretty quickly and yeah, it's just a great spot. Like you're a bit higher than Falls Creek and uh, yeah. you you pretty much get to have a pretty pretty remote kind of setting it's a bit more stoic i find you get a a little bit more room to yourself the trails are pretty rugged but uh you can also head down the mountain to jindabyne and do a lot of training a bit lower i think it's one of the the best places for living high and training low you really get to maximize that kind of um system yeah sure so what's the minimum time you normally spend there um well this this little stint I'll do will be about three to four days, so not too long. But if you mix it up with a tent, you can, you know, add a little bit of extra time. And I think those short bits of exposure tend to add up a little bit. You, you even if it's just a mental break, it's just great for really getting out of out of Canberra and just changing your routine up. It's always very relaxing to to be up in the in the high country. I find. Yeah, definitely. And how big's the group for this weekend? Uh, there's just the four of us. So Dick, our okay. coach. Rory um, and Jai. So, yeah, we're just doing a bit of training up here and just keeping it pretty easy. Yeah, right. So there are specific sessions that sort of dig, have, have you do up there or is it just being up there and the exposure of the altitude and, and the climate and that? Um, there's nothing really changes too much. You can pretty much, um, you know, take the tra- like training that you do um, down in Canberra and replicate yep. it at altitude. I know that if we have a bit of a longer period up here, say if we're spending – you know, about a month up here, we tend to ease into it. But uh, if you're just getting a weekend student, you can tend to get into things pretty quickly. So, yeah, you just pretty much follow your normal routine and 
yeah, don't really over overthink about it too much. But I do know that if you're up here for a bit longer, you kind of want to take a few easy days to probably just get get used to that kind of uh, settling in period. How long have you been um, with Dick for? Um, I've probably been with Dick for a bit over five years now. So, yeah, okay. it's, uh, it's been really good. He's, uh, he's definitely um, kind of changed some things to my training, added a few things, and we've just got a really good squad environment. So I find that a lot of the guys that I run with, it's just been a, it's been a really good po- point to be uh, motivating each other having a lot of guys to either travel around with who are my age and we all seem to build each other up really well so yeah it's a, it's a great it's a great squad environment as well yeah yeah sure and what age are you i'm uh i'm turning 29 in june so i'm starting to get okay. on a little bit <laughs> yeah yep oh well you might be upping the distance soon but i'll get to that um so let, let's start back so you grew up in yes is that correct yeah so I mean, I was pretty much raised in Yass. I went to high school. I went to a boarding school in Sydney. So okay. from year seven to year 12, and then I moved back to Yass and uh, I guess Canberra when I finished year 12. So yeah, I mean, I started my running out in Yass when I was a, a little one. And uh, I mean, my mum pretty much dragged me out of bed on pretty cold mornings and would just go for a bit of a jog and, you know, your, you know, usual kind of high school cross country. And I wasn't much good at it, but uh you kind of just end up falling in love with it. Sure, and your mum was pretty handy as a runner herself. A couple of yeah, uh, Aussie singlets. Yeah, that's it. She's done world mountain running, and she uh, she definitely kind of uh, got me kind of, you know, pretty interested in it, and uh, she never really pushed me too hard with it, but it was always something that was kind of in the back of my mind that, you know, you can head out and then just enjoy running. It was something that was always pretty uh, fulfilling to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Your mum being Fleur Flannery, just for the uh, listeners. So you studied at uh, UC? Yep. So I studied uh, physio at UC. I started okay. out at CO. I, I actually, uh, incidentally, I started out at ANU and I didn't last very long there. I wasn't really enjoying what I was studying too much. And I, uh, I guess I thought, what should I do after that? And I, uh, you know, I've, I was getting a couple injuries and I always enjoyed massage therapy. So mm-hmm. uh, I started doing um, massage therapy at CIT in Canberra and I, it was very good to do. There's a you know, there's Jimmy Barker, there's some great guys there. And uh, it was just one of those things that kind of got me kind of in love with that um, sense of, you know, you have running, but you also have the the kind of looking at it from a recovery and healing perspective and kind of cascaded from there and went on to do physio at UC. So, and I finish in three weeks. So I've got three weeks left for the undergrad uh, physio degree and I'm all done. So not too long long left and it's been a bit of a journey but it's uh it's definitely one thing that's pretty good to do at uc is kind of mixing up that training and uh running and dick's you know a professor at uc and the uc facilities are very good as well and uc is pretty supportive as far as the university goes with running and kind of holding on to your academic requirements so i find it's a great spot to be at yeah no for sure and uh just having that knowledge and uh, as a runner um would just be gold um um, I guess I guess there's uh, more focus on you not to get injured being a physio because you have all that knowledge and you might sort of think this shouldn't be happening. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I feel like it's a it's a double edged sword. A lot of times, a lot of a lot of uh, the physios who are, it was almost almost my fear to do physio was that I'd get injured if I do physio to study because so many of the guys who I know who go into physio who are who are runners have quite a few injuries but yeah, I, I don't okay. know maybe it's just one of those things that you find out that 
you know, you have a natural kind of understanding of the body. But yeah, there's a, it seems to go a lot of a lot together that a lot of guys who who do running go into physio. I know that in our squad we had about six guys who were doing physio and who are runners from James Nippers, Hugh Williams, uh, Rory Hunter. Um, yeah, we we had quite a few, so it was quite interesting. I think it was the main occupation within our squad. And I'm sure you know if you, if you speak to most runners, they'll start talking about injuries. So it probably just comes across that way. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it's, true. It's, it's pretty hard on the body, as you know. So uh, if you go a year without a niggle, you, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, exactly. All right, mate. Let's talk about some of your PBs. Um, starting with 800 meters, I'll just get you to talk through some of these. Um, starting 149.87. Now that was in Canberra in April 2016. Yeah, that's an interesting one because. Uh, my previous 800 PB from that was close to, I think it was eight years before, I ran 150.8 in uh, ACT as well, and I was about 16 years old. I think I was maybe top 10 quickest guys as a 16-year-old over 800, so it took me a little bit of time to beat that, so it's, it's kind of lucky I went sub-150, so I'm glad I've got that one in the pages. Yeah, that's something I'll, I'll talk about soon, but it's amazing looking at, at your running and the times for them that... Um You've stayed fast for so long. Um, and that's what's more interested to, to hear more about. Um, let's move on to your 1,500 metres. So this is 3.39.40 um, in Sydney, March 2018. So, I mean, fairly recently. So 3.39.40, tell me about that one. That's probably my uh, favourite run. There's just no other way of looking at it. I, I mm. honestly think you get you, you get those runs where you just think, if I don't go, I mean, I, I think I can go quicker than that, but I just know that, that night everything clicked and in running you don't get that very often you um you just have that feeling that you know you don't even notice the pain you don't you don't even everything was just surreal like like I just got the perfect sit I got to sit behind the 2016 Olympic gold medalist and uh you know I was pretty much following him down the back straight and uh yeah you just you just can't put it into words you just sometimes you just get that one run and uh, if that's it, you know, you just have to make the most of it. And, yeah, I think that was one of those few opportunities where everything just clicked at the right time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a fast time. I was just wondering what the uh, qualifying standard time were for the 8 and 15 for, for Tokyo. And you're only four seconds off both the 8 and the 15. I mean, you, people might say four seconds is, is a long time in that distance. But it just goes to show that uh, you've got a lot of speed in those legs of yours. Oh yeah, it's it's an interesting one because in 2016, I guess the qualifier, yeah, it was like 3:36, and you know I think the qualifier for Com Games, so it was a, a little bit slower than that as well. So yeah, it wasn't too far off, but you know Australia's got a lot of depth, and there's a, there's still quite a few guys in front of the queue. So yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, yeah, it's certainly 1500. Yeah, Australian running is um is booming at the moment. It's really exciting. All right, one mile, mate. I don't know if this one hurts because it's so close. Four zero zero eight three in Sydney, 2015. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting one. It wasn't uh it wasn't the most perfect conditions that night, but uh I just got behind the pacer and uh made it a pretty honest race and uh you know that was kind of started the whole uh Albie Thomas night of miles. I know that Jordan went sub four there. Um, you know, I was leading Jordan down up until pretty much the the back straight and it was just a great night, and I, I think it kind of started that uh, that you know December early meet. Great time to be out at uh, you know the crest, and I'm with the Bankstown Running Group, and they're really supportive. And I know that Matt Whitbread goes through a huge effort to put on a great event that night. So 
yeah, I mean, that's probably one of my favorite events to do. And when things go well there, it's a, it's a great track to be on. Yeah. Have you ever thought about preparing specifically to try to get under the four mile? Um, I think it's going to happen. Like it, okay. I haven't, I haven't honestly, um, I have like, you know, breaking four minutes for the mile is, is one of those things that I guess, you know, every runner wants to do. And it, it is, it is on my mind a little bit, but I think it's also one of those things that you just, you can't over put too much of a, you can't put a too much of an overemphasis on it. Like we, we don't get a huge amount of racing opportunities in Australia and, if you're trying to chase miles, I do like the Victorian uh, mile championships, but at the end of the day, you know, there's going to be, there's those opportunities to run a quick 1500s and you really want to try and, you know, capture the quick 1500 or the quick 5k. They're, they're kind of the main events, but the mile is still, you know, probably the most nostalgic event. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed, you know, everything goes right. Hopefully i uh, get a good mile out, but I, I don't think I'll, I'll, uh, change too much in the way of preparation i think the best way to think about a mile is just run your best 1500 and hopefully you have the legs for another 109 yeah. meters uh 3000 meters 757.99 um up there in sydney november 2016 yeah that was a good night um i know that there was a few of us trying to chase a pretty quick time that night and um, is that your first sub eight no uh, no i went sub eight at uh at Ooh, at ES Marks, I think, as well. Okay. So I think I might have a 59 in there. And okay. Yeah, but I think that was uh, – it was a good night and we were sharing the lead a little bit. I know that my pacing was a, a tad off, but, yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with that run. That was a good one to do. Yeah, no, definitely. Was that um, – what, what event was that? That was the New South Wales State 3000 champ. So I came okay. second to Jordan. I think Jordan might have run pretty close to the New South Wales State 3000 record at the time. And Jordan was with Dick Telford at the time. You guys were training yeah, together, or we were training yeah. at the time, and he was uh, he was in he was in phenomenal shape. So we just tried to work together and get the most of it out of each other that night. All right, five thousand meters. Um, this one was just set a year ago, six of Feb, exactly a year ago. Five thousand meters, fourteen oh three seventy down there at Lakeside, in Melbourne. Yeah, I mean Lakeside isn't my favourite track. Um, it's uh, it was a good night. I mean, you you got great guys in it, you know, from Stewie McSween, and it was a national championship. Uh, that summer was obviously it was a bit of a weird one because, as everyone would probably recall, it was very smoky and uh, we couldn't go up to Perisher that year. So it was it was a little bit disappointing not to be able to get the usual altitude camp in. But I went out with Rory and we stayed in Townsville. And every day it was one of the, it was it was like being in a sauna. We did a we did a bit of a heat camp, and uh, yeah, I felt like I, I got a lot out of that. Honestly, like I think people people might not capitalise that on enough, especially that you know our domestic summer gets pretty hot at times, and some yeah. of that heat exposure you definitely uh, feel pretty good. And it was a pretty warm night that night, and yeah, I was pretty happy with that run. Like it'd be good to go sub fourteen soon, but once again, you just gotta you know hope the opportunities come to you, and not always try and um chase the take the risk you just really want to try and make sure you're just getting that good training out all right 10,000 meters uh zadapak 2016 29 30 57 yep that was a that was a fun night i i still remember that night pretty well it was horrendous conditions but uh and i got lapped by patty tin and i think that was when patty tin and was pretty much uh having the reins on the domestic circuit before Stewie really, you know, catapulted to kind of the level he's at. And I still remember seeing that one of the photos and I wasn't, you know, sitting behind Stewie and I think it might have been, you know, three or four came to the race and probably the one of the last times I, I probably got to see 
be that close to Stewie. So that was a that was a good night as well. Yeah, horrendous night. And what, what was it? Windy? Oh, it's just oh. windy. It was windy. Yeah. It was wet. Like I just yeah. I just remember that. You know, I think I came fifth in that national championship, and um, yeah, it was just it was just a very very rough night in terms of the conditions and ten thousand meters. You know, when you start wanting to count down the laps and you still see, you know, 10 laps to go. It's, it's not the most fun event. You've got to be very mentally tough to enjoy 10K on the track, I find. Yeah. Have you done many of the 10s? Uh, I think I've done a couple now. So Yeah. 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 It's, it's a tough event. And, uh, I yeah. mean, it would be good to get another one in, but you really got to prepare yourself well for them. All right. 10K on the road, 30-14 down there at Lawney in Launceston, uh, 2012. Yeah, that's a long – yeah, that's quite a while ago. So yeah. yep. Lawney's a great run. Um yeah, I think it'd be good to get some more 10Ks out on the road, but uh, especially with the new the new shoes that are out. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like it's it's always a bit of a trade off. I find that you know road running used to be a bit bit of an injury risk for me. I'd always pull up pretty sore, but I do find that with uh you know the next percent shoes, you can pull up reasonably well from the road. And yeah, I mean I, re- I ran a recent 5K on the road, so and I think I ran about 1440 on a uh, IWF certified 5K with a few turns and yeah i find that you know you pull up pretty well these days so hopefully you can amend that amend that uh road run sure what about the um the dragonflies are you weighing them on the track or yeah the dragonflies are great on the track as well that, so yeah it, I think it, it, do you it, find like like the vapor flies do you pull up better with the dragonflies as well or way better honestly like yeah, i think okay. that's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a game changer yeah, yeah um okay. just in the way you pull up i think is uh is great like it, it just it really changes things are quite a fair quite a bit now i can see probably why you haven't moved on i mean you said you're about to turn 29 was that right yeah um, 29 yeah. in june june 3rd if anyone wants to wish me happy birthday oh there you go i'm june 4 mate so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're a crazy gemini like me yeah i was going to think you know why he hasn't moved on to the half and the marathon but um because you've just got so much speed left in these middle distances. So is there a certain distance that you're trying to actually nail down or you're focusing on, like the three, the five, the 15, or what's the sort of well, plan? Um, yeah, so that's kind of an interesting one. Um, I mean, I've been asking I've been asking myself a bit bit of the same question. I know a few people have asked me. And it's, a, it's a bit of a trade-off. I mean, there's so many guys who are running so well in so many distances that, uh, you know, you really, you really can't find a soft event anywhere from – pretty much 800 through to the marathon in Australia's domestic running. And I mean, I, it'd be great to be able to put on an Aussie singlet, but for me, it's just trying to run pretty quickly. I'd like to try and get an 800 PB if possible, but I don't think I'm going to necessarily chase that. But I really just want to have a good domestic 1500. And I've got a slight calf niggle at the moment. And if I have to give national um, 5,000 a miss, you know, next week for that kind of opportunity to make sure I get the most out of myself in the, the 1500 i think that's where i really um would like to see myself in the finals if i if i make the finals for the 1500 that's you know that's my blue ribbon event i guess personally it's kind of where i focus most of my attention in my training you know it is the metric mile it, it is it is always an event that kind of combines all a lot of the systems in running you know it's it's aerobic it's uh still highly anaerobic it still involves a bit of that power that tactics and I think for that reason, I'd still like to see if I can get my best out of myself with a good 1500. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen this year with running overseas, but I'd like to, you know, given the opportunity to try and chase some quick 1500s. So at least for, at least for maybe this year and uh, next year, I'll still see if I can, you know, get a good, good couple track races out. But 
after that, I, you know, I've, I've done some pretty long runs. Like I've done some quick, quick longer distance, 35K runs in training. And I, I've done marathon studies where I, I tend to do pretty well, believe it or not, with um, some of the longer stuff. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm really yet to, to try and get that mileage under my belt that would be required to perform well in that, you know, anything that's, you know, up from 10K to the marathon. Have you had that discussion with, with Dick and he's sort of on the same page there to just keep focusing on, on, on what you love doing and what you think you can improve on before you sort of move up or? Yeah, I think, I think like, um, you know, Dick's marathon philosophy, I guess, and my kind of understanding of it is that, you know, you still, you still really need to focus on, you know, your middle distance stuff. Like it's, it's kind of a bit of an outdated way of thinking that, you know, the guys who are running the marathon are just shuffling along there. The guys who are running, you know, sub 210 are still doing pretty hard fast stuff on the track like they might be doing a bit more volume obviously but you know the top guys are still you know world class over a lot of distances they can still run a very quick five they can still run a quick 10 i know they don't don't often do a quick 15 but even if you look at a guy like farrah you know how quick he is over over the 15 or you know a kipchoge all those guys still have a lot of speed in the legs and at the end of the day, I guess one of the main things that they change is that they're getting a bit more volume done over the week and uh, maybe a little bit less in the way of some of that anaerobic stuff. But overall, I think that's, you know, a lot of consistency, a lot of high mileage and maybe, you know, just kind of taking away some of that really sharp stuff is probably yeah. the main change. And I mean, it's it's just one of those opportunities. Like, I, I, I guess I'm a little bit injury prone, but and I do get – I am a bit wary about how much – um, mileage and intensity I can take at the same time. So I'd probably need to err on the side of, um, you know, downplaying how much intensity I do if I wanted to go up in distances. Sure, sure. And what, what is your sort of current volume and where do you normally try to keep it? I find that I perform my best when I'm above 120K a week, but I find that, you know, my ideal kind of range is of between 100 and 120. I don't tend to get a lot of niggles. Yeah. Once I start to, you know, increase the intensity, you know, two hard sessions, three hard sessions a week, and I'm above that 120, I notice that, you know, I need to be pretty careful about what I'm doing. And uh, I guess that's something I've been a bit more mindful of in, in more recent years is just to, you know, everyone has Strava and everyone can pretty much, you know, there's a lot of guys who post up what they do on Strava. And I notice that, you know, if things aren't going 100% right, I'll start to draw things back a little bit and try and gradually reload. But, yeah, overall... I find that, you know, if I can hold 120 throughout the year, I think last year my average for the whole year was about 120K. Um, and, you know, more recently I've probably been up to 140 in uh, January and I've probably been a little bit below that in February. But hopefully yeah. I can start to get that back up. Yeah. And you're trying to mix up um, like the terrain you're doing sessions on, like, you know, Dick loves the other uh, grass track down there at Stromlo. Or... Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm probably a big advocate in the way that um, – you know, you don't really need to be on a track to run well. Like I know that going on the track once a week is generally pretty helpful for kind of understanding where, how you're going. It's, it's always mm. a good kind of, uh, it ticks you along and you know, I guess mentally tells you, you know, how, what times you're hitting, but overall, you know, you can get your best running done by hills, um, grass track, Stromlo is amazing. Um, you know, all the body only really understands how the intensity is going. So, yeah, I, I just love getting getting out there and I love being in nature with it. So for me, if I'm on the trails or away from the track, I tend to feel a bit better with it. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And have you sort of implemented or are you currently doing any type of strength and conditioning or, you know, 
mobility work or anything to to try to get on top of things have you sort of do you find that when these niggles injuries happen i guess one is is it the same injury or is it the fact that you can see that you just had a you know you've loaded it up too much or is there anything there you can sort of put your finger on or yeah so i guess my my mindset is i'm a little bit i kind of think of things a little bit differently than most people um with my perspective on a lot of injuries and i know it's not super popular but I've, I find that I'm a reasonably strong guy. Like if, if I wanted to, you know, do deadlifts or squats, like I can actually, I can lift a fair bit. And uh, I'm not a huge advocate of just doing, I guess, you know, standard strength training for running. I, I don't think it's necessarily a thing that's going to really catapult a lot of people's running. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't detract if someone does find that that's what they, they get a lot out of. But for me, I find that I get the most out of mobility work. I find that for me, I can get quite stiff. I notice I get pretty stiff around my hips and like lower back. And once that starts to happen, I think, you know, a lot of lower limb injuries from anything from hamstring, you know, tendinopathies to Achilles, tendinopathies, tendinopathies can start to happen when you get pretty tight in that lower back or tight around the hips. So for me, yep. you know, if you, can, if you can really start to make sure you're quite free around that area, things tend to go pretty well. Do you try to get like treatment or do you just sort of do it yourself? So like a self prehab type work or? Oh, geez. That's a, yeah. Like, look, honestly, like I always try and get, you know, if I can get friends to, to get on top of, uh, on top of some of the stuff for me, I love doing that. But I've been around some really, uh, lucky people who have kind of held me together over the years. And, you know, from Craig Purdom, who's one of the AIS physios, I mean, I, I, I doubt I'd be running without some of the stuff he does. I love doing, uh, you know, Josephine Key's mobility work, I find that that's really helpful for anyone out there listening. But, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of people who have been very helpful for me. Um, Brad Hiskins um, has been very helpful at Clinic 88 in Canberra. So those people, are they're, they're gurus at what they do. And, um, you know, I find that for me, yeah, a lot of that mobility, kind of neural stretching really helps. Um, but I'm I'm guess it's a bit controversial, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan of trying to get in the gym and, you know, do it do 140 kilo deadlift or 140 kilo squat like i just i think that can just kind of push me a bit over the top neurally and i can get a little bit tight from it where uh yeah, yeah. You know, or do those muscles that are fatigued from running yeah 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 I, yeah i think there are a few few runners moving away from that straight sort of compound muscle you know lifting um squats and and deadlifts and that i think it's more a lot of guys are doing more sort of isometric one leg type stuff or drill work or like you said mobility a lot of I think stuff drill work is very essential like plyos yeah. drills like that's really good i think you know there's probably always a time and a place where you can if you you know if everything was going perfect you know you didn't have anything major coming up but i mean i've spoken to the you know former australian national record holder alex Rowe, pretty good friends with him and I, I remember he, he did some strength stuff, but he also said when he was running his best in Europe and got the Australian equal Ralph DeVell's Australian record, like he wasn't doing any strength when he went to Europe. Um, a lot of guys when they go to Europe aren't necessarily following their normal winter strength program because they're on the go. So they're probably a little bit more out of the gym and they're probably doing a little bit more of the other stuff. And I just I just would say if you can err on the side of caution, do you really want to fatigue already fatigue muscles? But, you know, I would never detract if someone thinks that that's what's, you know, kind of holding them together from doing it i just say that you know there's other things you can focus on first you mentioned you'd, you'd love to head overseas do some racing have you actually been over over the years and, and done a bit of racing over there yeah so i guess like uh probably one of the, the kind of weird things about me is that i kind of really love cross-country running like I, I find that some of my best results uh have been in cross-country races and 
and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's like maybe mentally I can kind of zone out and just get away from everything. But my first uh, overseas race was for World Junior Cross Country, which is in Jordan. And I came, I think I came about fourth in the trial or fifth in the trials to make the Australian team. And I think I was the youngest Australian male to make the Australian Junior Cross Country team. So okay, uh, yeah. that was my first trip overseas and I, I really enjoyed that. And uh, I mean, it's really good when you're a junior, you kind of, you know, AA kind of helps you out a bit to get overseas, which is really good. But uh, more recently, I guess 2016, I went overseas with uh, Jordan Gussman, Matt Dempsey, Hugh Williams, and Dick Telford, and did a few races over there, which was really good. And um, I guess that was, was that, the last was that time Euro- I got Europe to, or the States? Uh, no, that was the States. So yep. um, I haven't done a, I haven't done any um, like ra- oh, I've done a couple races in Europe, but nothing major. Like it's not like a a diamond league or anything like that. I've just done a few of the local races over there, but I guess I've done some of the pretty quality meets that are for offering, um, you know, North America, you know, yeah. West coast and Canada. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love it. Like the U S when I went in 2016 was just, um, it was such a great place to train. Like Flagstaff is probably one of the best places to train in the world, you know, where you get to see guys like Mo Farah train before they're about to race in the Olympics is pretty incredible. So, you know, that's a, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Was there ever a thought of, of going to the States under a scholarship program and spending some time over there? There or? was, yeah. Yeah, so that was actually always my kind of um, my high school dream. Like, that, that was really what motivated me a lot when I was in high school. So I was coached by a great guy in, uh, who's now in Melbourne, Sean Williams. So Sean's, you know, he's coached a lot of great guys who have gone overseas from uh, Morgan McDonald to Ollie Hall more recently and, uh, you know, he coached Benny St. Lawrence. And uh, I guess a lot of the guys he's coached who went overseas had a lot of success. Um, a lot of them had stayed over in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, that was a big motivating factor for me. But I started to get a few injuries when I was year 12 and I guess my running wasn't really going that well. Um, and I kind of tried to focus a bit more academically on just getting, you know, everything down packed at that point and wasn't overly focused um, trying to get back into running. I was offered a couple places, like I ran a, a good junior Zatapec against uh, Geordie Williams. But at the end of the day, I just thought I wasn't, I wasn't, my body wasn't really in one piece and I probably wasn't in the best mind frame to go over there, but I would have loved to go to UCLA if I, if I got to choose anywhere, be on the West coast. And, uh, you know, I just love that kind of climate. And I, I did an exchange program to UC Irvine, which is uh, the university where one of the best uh, US miler guys went to back in the day. So, yeah, it's, okay. it's a good it's a good place. I love yeah. I don't have any guys who are running who, who you know, they're not sure what they want to do or, you know, try a different program. I'd say going to the US is a good opportunity, but I'd also say to them, like, Australia is probably one of the best places you can run in the world. You, you know, there's some of the best coaches in the world and, uh, you know, you, you – the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, um, there are a lot of guys you hear about the success stories and some of those names you mentioned, but obviously there's a lot of guys that go over there and, and you don't hear about again. Um, just they, they yeah. don't absorb it. It just doesn't work out for them, you know what I mean? But um, it, it would be hard, obviously. Um, I guess it's it's like any story. Some some work out, some don't. Yeah, 100%. Like, uh, yeah. I think for some people, you know, it's going to be the right fit, but I know with other people, you know, it's uh, – it's probably just not not what's right for them at the time, and I'd you know I'd tell those people if they're going to come back, you know you can always tee up with you know a different coach or 
the coach I would previously and that, you know, people should really just try and stay in the sport, I guess. Really, the way you're looking at the moment with with your thinking, with your running and where you want to go over the next 12 months, you mentioned just try to get faster over the 8 and the 15. That's pretty much your main focus? Yeah, I'd say probably a little bit more towards the 15-5. The like, okay. I think, you know, the 1500 is still a very strong aerobic event. And I yep. think for to maximize, at least for me, I think to maximize my ability in it, I'm going to have to be very uh, aerobically strong. So, I mean, a lot of guys uh, would probably have the mindset of going through, maybe trying to you know, increase that 800 speed, do more lactic sessions and shave off the 800 a little bit. And I think that can definitely work for some people. But mm. I also think, you know, if you can really shave off, like if I can get my 14-minute um, 5K down to 13.30, I think that's going to pay a bit more dividends than getting a 149 down to maybe like a 148 lower, 147. And you, yeah. the aerobic work, you know, threshold work, your body recovers from pretty quickly, whereas hard track running, it tends to just take a little bit more out of the system. Yeah, because looking at the times, obviously the 10,000 metres, if you look at those times, how it would cross over, there's there's a hell of a lot of improvement there. And um, not sure how a four-minute mile and a 757.3 crosses over to five, but um, you think at 13.30 is definitely doable? Yeah, I, I definitely think so, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things, you know, you just you've got to make the most of the opportunities when they come. So hopefully yeah. there's a there's a quick 5K the other day the guys ran, but, you know, you just you just got to wait for the right opportunity when the body's feeling right, and hopefully that can happen pretty soon. I saw you run, oh, I don't know, four or six weeks ago down in Canberra here. There was that Stromlo uh, 5K they did out there on the Saturday night out on the, out on the crit track. Oh, yep, that's the one, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was actually pretty impressed with your actual running technique, your style. It's very compact, very neat. It looks like it's textbook. So I'm actually surprised really? to hear that. that yeah, it, it's... That's like, the best compliment. Honestly, that's probably the best compliment I've uh, I've ever had. Like, I always find maybe I'm my own, like, harshest critic, but I really appreciate uh, the feedback. No, it, it was spot on. I was like, oh, man, this guy is just spot on. If I could ever run like anyone, it'd be that guy out there. Um, so that's what I was surprised to hear that uh, that you're breaking down because it just looks so smooth and like everything is working the way it's meant to and there wasn't any wastage in the upper body and the cadence was perfect and it just looks so nice and neat. So um, so yeah, is that something you like? Have you worked on over the years or you probably just I don't know just always ran really really neat? Um, well, yeah. So I guess as a as a kid. I'm always a little bit, um, you know, I'm always a little bit fascinated with some of the stuff that happens, you know, with biomechanics. So I've always kind of thought about things a little bit with the biomechanics. I always thought I was a little bit rocking up a to- up the top. But, yeah, I guess working on, you know, I got to work with a guy who was a pretty good biomechanist um, when I was a junior. And I guess just implementing drills and even with Philo, Philo's pretty big on some of the pliers and the drills. I think if you do a lot of that stuff, you, you're probably a bit less um, likely to kind of fatigue in some of those areas. So, mm. yeah, I I think that, you know, a few things you can work. There's always some things you can work on. Um, you know, standard drills is great to do. Um, but, yeah, no, that's uh, that's really appreciated to hear hear back from. No, it was but, you know, definitely fluent, mate, very fluent. Um, and like you said, it probably leads to that efficiency. And like I said, um, it'd be exciting when, when you're um, – happy with what you've done in the shorter stuff and move up because um, I think you're going to, um, like you said, you've proven you've done the marathon type uh, sessions and, and you feel you're quite good and you've, you've already mentioned you're quite strong as an individual. So interested to see um, how you do when you, when you, how you go when you move into that half a marathon because like I said, when you're strong and you're neat and you're tidy and you're, it's, it's going to be um, 
exciting to watch, mate. So, yeah. Making me want to do it earlier, honestly. That's, yeah. uh, that's oh, you'll, you'll, know, you'll know when the time's right, mate, because obviously you sound like you're still pretty passionate and you love and you've got some goals there um, in the short ones. And, you know, eventually th- that may not be there. You know what I mean? You wake up one morning, you just think, okay, now the time's right. So I don't think you want to force it. You know, you certainly don't want to force it, but uh, it'll come for sure. Yeah, no, no, that's that's really appreciated. Yeah, I know that, I, like, I, I remember on, I think it was Boxing Day, I, I got to do a 30K long run with Brett Robinson, and we mm. went pretty hard. Like, it was out at Yass, so and it was a hot day, and we went hard over the hills, and I was feeling really good till 27K, and I just hit the wall, and I just remember he was he was pretty compassionate. He kind of, we just, we slowed down the last 4K, but, you know, that just shows the kind of strength you need to be, to be there and i think you know it still takes that bit of a step up in the in the training you really need to have the the k's under the legs otherwise you're going to be pretty uh pretty hard done by when you hit to 30k i reckon yeah yeah and that's it and um it'll be it'll be a good challenge for you well as well if, if you feel that you um your body has that sort of breaking point and you may have to um up the mileage a bit so that'll be something you'll um you'll just have to work with just like you've had to do um with all your um other running through your career so i mean it's it's funny, um, marathon running. It's it's a you know it's it's not cliche, and I'll, I'll just keep saying it again. But um, it's a completely different beast on running event because um, I just it's a silly thing to say, but if it was thirty five k's, it'd be it'd be easy, you know. But that extra seven k's, it's it's not so much. It's it's a fatigue factor, obviously, because you've been out there for so long. But it's never like your body just starts shutting down. So yeah, it's um, I think it's. It's what every runner should uh, should experience, but um, it'll certainly be exciting exciting once uh, once you get over there for sure. Yeah, well, I I, I definitely I, I can definitely relate to that. Like I remember I did uh, the marathon a marathon training study with a with the AIS, and we we're doing some thirty five k pretty hard long runs. And yeah, you definitely notice the body that that kind of energy system when you hit that thirty five k mark, it really does start to to hit the wall. I guess that that's a huge part of it. You really, you know, need to maximise your fuel system and and you know how much damage the body's taking. So yeah, yeah, yeah and I think that's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, it generally, it takes a few to get right because it's not as if you're physically not prepared in a sense, but it's more of those little one percenters like like the nutrition and maybe the tapering and and maybe um yeah maybe strengthening up certain parts of the body that that get really loaded up. Um, that doesn't necessarily happen um, under the two-hour mark. So, yeah, that's why it's. I guess we all keep going out there running marathons because um, there's so much room for improvement. You know, I mean, yeah, you can, it's a great you event. Can, you can change 10 or 15 minutes in in a marathon. You're not going to do that in a in a shorter event for sure. So you've already ran today, I guess. Yeah, I ran today. Just went down to the track and did a little bit down there. So yep. yeah, it's a yeah. Just get out in the morning. And, Hopefully is that down at Jindy, is it? Down at Jindy Track, yeah. So, so they've got a um, proper proper track down there, do they? Or, or yeah, is it just a uh, grass track? No, it's okay. It's a, it's the weirdest track. It, it's like a um, it's probably like a it's got probably tar underneath. Um, but they've got some like a uh, astroturf on the top, so it's kind of like an astroturf. Okay. Circuit. It's it's not too bad when you wear like the uh you know next, but it's definitely not tartan. But okay. it's um. Yeah, yeah. It, it does okay. Like it's still four hundred meters, and yeah, and uh, it's not too bad. But you know, if if uh, anyone's out there and has any connections to New South Wales sports, please put a tartan track down in Jindabyne. I always still got that um, gym set up at Threepo. They built that swim center and the gym and all that. Yeah, they've still. Got, I know that I'm. 
I'm not sure if they still have the ownership rights over it, okay. but uh, yeah, Threadbow's got yeah great. There's great facilities at Threadbow. Yeah, they could whack a truck in there. It'd be magic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'd be like a Threadbow Threadbow gig and have a meet every year and beers afterwards in the sauna. It'd be great. <laughs> well, there's there was so there's so many people up here. Like in terms of yeah. um, you know, when there's running events on, when there's trail running events. Yeah. That, it, uh, yeah. It's probably worth worth them kind of investing in it. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously with fires and, and COVID and that, it's been funny Januarys the last few years. But um, but you know they have that running week down there every January, and uh, you know you can't get accommodation. It's such a great weekend. Um, some crazy exactly. events going on. Yeah, have you ever done that run up um, Crackenback up under the chairlift? Oh, I haven't done that one. No, that's a killer. That one's been going for decades. Yeah, they used to have. It used to be called the Treadbow and Jury Weekend. It was on the Australia Day long weekend, and they used to do um like a triathlon with a swim down in Lake Jindy there, right up to Threadbow, which was thirty two k, and then run two laps of the village. So that was one, and then they had a duathlon run, ride run around the village. But yeah, they, they had the uh, the cracking back challenge, and um used to get big fields, start at the chair, bottom of the chairlift there, and yeah, first man to the top. Yeah, long buster killer stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, the hills are pretty vicious. Yeah, it is, mate. It is. It's pretty much just, um, yeah. If it's there's, you know, there's a bit of a goat trail, but you pretty much just, you know, follow the chairlift uh, towers up, and uh, it gets a bit rocky climb at the top there up at Eagles Nest. But yeah, it was a great event. But I guess back to my point that, um, yeah, a track down there would be uh, would be brilliant. Probably get some good events happening down there for sure. Bit of altitude just to um just to test all you guys that just pop down from Perisher and uh, falls and and kick butt that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a yeah. good idea. I definitely think up Falls Creek they've done the right thing in terms of investing in that trail. It's, yeah, it's a good thing to you know get all year up here and make sure that you know people have a ski season in these areas. But it'd be good to make sure you know summer tourism and probably help the guys out up here who you know might be getting a bit shorter on how the ski season's been going in the last couple of years with everything that's been happening all right so you mentioned race coming up what is that five thousand meters was that the state champs you mentioned or is that what's uh, i raced the state champs i came no i just raced the state new south wales state champs and came fourth there okay um, there's the national sydney track classic um mate i'll i'll see how i'm still if I'm feeling like I'm I'm up to it I'll probably I'll probably give it a red hot crack but if not I'll probably just keep on going through and Hopefully yeah. I get it for national 1500 in six weeks. Yeah, with that calf niggle, you just don't want to push it. Is that right? Or Yeah, that's yeah. it. Probably err on the side of caution. Yep, yep. And what about any road runs between now and, I don't know, the end of the year? I'll, I'll see what's coming up. Like I, I, uh, I know that there's the there's a tan run in April. Um, and quite a few people might be doing that. Yeah. Um, that would be a good one to, to have as a bit of a hit out because I know that, you know, everyone in kind of Victoria – has a bit of a crack at that, and it's pretty pretty famous one to do. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it'll just depend on what's coming up in the calendar. Is anything that really uh really looks like it's going to be a good one to try and get a bit of a time out, or just have a bit of a you know heart check on the system. Look, Jojo, I just wanted to uh, get further into you've you've been consistent there for for quite a long time, so um, there must be some sort of training philosophies or some sort of ideas that you feel is best to sort of follow that's enabled you to do that. Is there something there you could sort of share w- with the listeners? Or yeah, definitely. I'd just say get as many consistent weeks as possible. Um, don't think in terms of one or two weeks. Really try and think in terms of 20, 20 weeks to a year. And you really just want to make sure that you know no no specific session is really going to make make you, but it might uh it might incidentally break you. So just make sure you're just focusing on your body and recovery and 
don't chase uh, don't chase that one hit. Really, just make sure that you you're recovering and and just make sure that you know you're looking after your body. So that's probably it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I remember when I spoke to Sean, uh, Sean Crichton. Um, I guess he, you know, he had that uh, incredible depth um, and and length in running for so long. And, and yeah, he said the same. Don't don't go chasing the supersets. You know, don't try and impress everyone with that Strava feed. It's just about layer upon layer upon layer, year after year, month after month, and eventually it comes good. So exactly. yeah, definitely. And you know, I hear a lot of people say that. So um, definitely great advice, mate. Yeah, look, all the best uh, with what you've got coming up. I hope you uh, dip that uh, 8 and 15 a bit lower and then, um, yeah, grab that mile when it happens. No big deal. As you mentioned, it's not a main, not a main focus. Uh, yeah, but I think that 5 and the 10 is definitely uh, in danger of lowering a fair bit. There's no doubt about, about that. And certainly I uh, look forward to when you do, no rush though, step into uh, on the road for that half and the marathon, mate, because um, we're pretty pretty strong at the moment in, in distance running. Um, it's exciting times um, and so hard for, for guys to make teams at the moment. Um, but certainly uh, once you step into that half and 10, we're just going to have one more run on just increasing that depth um, on the on the world scene. So, yeah, really looking forward to that, JJ. So um, all the best with, with, with that. Enjoy the rest of your weekend up there at Perisher and um, say good day to Dick for me and... Um, yeah, thanks so much for uh, for coming on the show, mate. Cheers, thanks. No worries, JJ. All right, thanks, mate. Thank mm-hmm. you.